0: Welcome to Mornings with Ben Davis, right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime 0467 736 736 or call 1313 13 55.
1: Yes, thank you. The boss born in the USA, maybe not so much, but heading to the USA. It is the flavour of the week, the NRL in Vegas. Yes, it is happening in 2024, but it also happened in 1987. Well, not so much Vegas, but California. Rugby League's finest, headed to Long Beach and played a state of origin match there. We'll get to one of those original pioneers in just a moment. Uh, Dinner or drinks on us at the Waterloo Bay Hotel, uh, and maybe lunch, whatever you wish to spend it on. You just need to be the winner of the Last Man Standing quiz. Doing that after 11. I've already given you one clue. Uh, You'll need this one as well. When I say clue, you know what I mean. Answers, exactly. New York Jets. Write that one down, New York Jets. You'll need that to get to the final destination after 11 o'clock today. Uh, Texts coming through. uh, Queenstown Crows home ground of Tasmania is the best. Uh, No name on that text, but thank you for making the switch, S-E-N-Q, your new home of sport here in Queensland. Our top five today, suburban grounds. It comes off the back of the NRL preseason challenge. We we saw it taken to regional centres, but also suburban grounds. Uh, The Raiders and the the Cowboys, they played at Seaforth Oval, which is the original home of the Raiders. Outstanding stuff. Where would you like to see a big game taken? And not just NRL, it could be AFL, it could be cricket. It it could be a big game that's normally played in big stadium. Why don't we take it to a suburban ground? Which one's your favourite? Cougar Eye Oval, getting a lot of love for that as well. A man who's played at Cougar Eye Oval, a man who played at Seaforth as well, and a man who's played in the US of A. He's the perfect bloke to talk to. I speak none other than Queensland number one. That's right. He was the Reese Walsh of the 80s. Gary Belcher, Badge. Badger, very good morning to you. Welcome back to SEN. How are you, mate?
2: Great talking to you, Benny. Yeah, I'd, uh, geez, I'd love to have Reese's speed. <laughs> I that think would have he... been, uh, that would have been nice. Unbelievable. He'd like to have your kicking you game know, I badge. <laughs> 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 I can't. Uh, I can't believe people are tossing up cougar. You are kidding. <laughs> as... What about Davies Park?
1: Hey, Davies Park Davies is it? Park. exactly.
2: Look, mm-hmm. It wasn't the great, Wasn't the greatest ground to 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 go to. But when you played there, do you have a magical feeling? Because I grew up as a South Junior, and I just. I went along and watched the Fijians and Greg Vevers and Johnny Grant and all those blokes. And I just wanted to play at, at Davies Park and loved it. But, um, yeah, it probably wasn't the greatest place to visit if you're... a
1: if you're an outsider, and
2: Seaford Oval, mate, great, good to mention the old Seaford Oval at yeah. Queen What a beauty that
1: was! What well, what about Leichhardt or Belmore, which we see them as novelties these days? Badge, I mean, what were they like to, to to play on?
2: Leichhardt was was good. Belmore, like they were really, they they had great home ground advantages for the you know, for their respective teams for hmm. Belmain and for the for the Bulldogs. And my fir- one of my first games, uh, I well, the first Premiership game I ever played was actually at Brookie. When I went down to the Raiders, and um, that was Has a little bit of magic about it too. I love those those smaller, you know, those well suburban grounds, as you as you call them. Fantastic. Um, I got spat on running out at Redfern Oval, so that's an experience I'll carry with me forever. That was pretty rough and ready, but they were bloody passionate. Those Rabbitohs fans more so than a few other uh, fans of other clubs.
1: I love anywhere that's got a hill. If you've got a hill and you're watching sport, fantastic. If you can take an esky yeah. and a thermos, I mean, that, that takes us back. And and that's why I'm asking today. The top five suburban grounds, we saw it over the weekend and the week before with the, uh, the pre-season challenge. And and one of the great I, – I, I keep thinking it's a suburban ground, but it's not. They're about to play a test match there in New Zealand. The Basin Reserve in, in Wellington for cricket. You, yeah. look, you look at it with the white picket fence and the cars just driving by one of the main streets of Wellington. So we'll, we'll do that. Oh, the memories hey badge speaking of memories 1987 do you remember much about long beach california it was just a it was an end of season trip in the middle of the year wasn't
2: it It, well yeah it was it was much like that benny it was um you know i did i read with with amusement i think it was crusher clear was saying it was a it was a fair income game and it should count as a record well you'd say that if you won but seriously it was it was anything but serious it was it was thrown together at the end of the series we they had finally clawed back after a couple of series losses against the Blues. They were in a great um, period there in '85 and '86, and we finally managed to claw back to a, to win the series two one. And then all that they they were thrown together over, I reckon, a week or two, that we were going to play an Origin game in um, in LA, and it was uh, you know it was a, absolutely it was a promotional game, an exhibition game. We we were. We were anything but serious in the lead up to it. Um, a couple of things for the record, I, I, I tell you, they said twelve thousand people. It was probably twelve hundred. <laughs> oh you know, wow! Okay. So like, really? There was there was. I, I had a mate that was living in LA, and it was only on the day of the game he he somehow heard about it. They promoted it because I remember talking to one of the officials, and they said, "Oh yeah, they've been promoting it on a radio station in LA." Well, there was one hundred and twenty stations at the time. There's probably a thousand now. And they had it on one station and and it was thrown together over you know two or three weeks and it, there just there just wasn't any great um buzz around um the game you know but 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 for us it was it was a novelty the blues did take it more seriously than us because they were still hurting after losing the series um and as I think it was fatty it was just saying you know we um, we were sort of on the drink every night um getting ready for the game even the night before we we weren't drinking heavily but we were having a few beers at the bar in our hotel the night before i remember that clearly because that's when when Alf did his first bodybuilding routine and um at, to the amusement of everyone and then we turned up for the game and it wasn't probably it was halftime I, I remember we were getting beaten pretty well and wally and wayne wayne bennett the coach they were kind of into us going what are you doing i thought gee this is serious so we we tried our
1: best in the second half of the field was ran out of steam and the Blues won. 30-18 was the scoreline, but I, I don't think we're interested I, yeah. in the scoreline from the 1987 we're... exhibition match, but we are interested in Alan Langer and the bodybuilding competition badge.
2: Well, well so, what, so what happened, we were, we were at the bar and it wasn't busy in the hotel we were staying at. And we're down in the bar and, and next thing they know, you know, the announcer came, oh, we're going to have the bodybuilding competition. And they started getting these guys up that had they were oiled up they'd obviously been out the back doing a thousand push-ups and making themselves as big and puffy as they could and they'd come out and they'd you know it, and they'd just have the little, little speedos on or whatever and their and their partners and friends were there. there's probably 30 people there yahooing and clapping and whatever it was, and we we're going what's this you'd never see this in australia what a wank and so they're doing their bodybuilding comp and and they go oh we've got one more contestant and uh from Australia, Alfie Langer. So Fatty thrown his name in. Because they were going around on a gun. Who's going to be? it? He, Fatty had thrown his name in. <laughs> the health just looked at us with this look of dread like no way. And then he went, okay. So he just jumped up. Took the shirt off. And he's just got his jeans on and he's... He's more—he's putting the shirt between the legs, like more like a stripper than a bodybuilder. And the girl?
1: we were
2: all laughing, and every, the, the, all the bodybuilders—they're they're, they're frowning, like this guy's taking the piss out of us. Anyway, he got—I think he got third or second prize, fifty bucks. He put it straight on the bar for us. So we had a few more drinks. And, well, Alf, uh, yeah, I think he did that regularly after that. He'd turn up, he'd have a leotard on and a <laughs> g-string or whatever else he'd wear. You've probably seen him at times, Benny. Um, over the
1: years at different events uh, that's, where it started. That's, 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 that's where it started and I wonder if there's going to be a repeat yeah. in Vegas at all For Forty, almost 40 years on um, he can he can go and uh, try and win another play. I'm just looking through that team badge well, yourself, Dale Shearer, Jacko Gino, Tony Curry, Wally Alf, Greg Dowling, Greg Canescu, Brian Niebling, Gilly Fatty, Bob Lindner I'm I'm thinking maybe Alfie probably had the best rig out of those bikes.
2: <laughs> he time. He was, he was. Um, I think he might have been. We 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 hired a Cadillac. We carried Wilders, yeah, um, as well. And he was in the side, wasn't he?
1: Was carried there? Uh, not not on this official team yeah. list. But you only might had two reserves, no, so maybe he, he was on been. the bench. Oh,
2: yeah. might have been Turtle. Anyway, Turtle. Yep. Alf, Elf, Elf we, we hired a Cadillac, and Alf was basically looking in. Look, <laughs> he's trying to drive. He had to be twenty-one. I think he must have just turned twenty-one. He looked about 16, but he's he's looking through the steering wheel to drive it. And We're driving around town on the wrong side of the road, and <laughs> yeah, he he um he probably he probably did that. Yeah, we probably all all weren't that um that super fit at the time. But it's look, like, it's a good side on paper, but I think right there was a few players that 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 went over injured because it was a like it was just a it was a, as you said an end of season trip in the middle of the season. <laughs> Um, and, and we went and we actually did go, we played it, so it was Long Beach, California. Field, that's a really tricky thing to do, and, and that's going to be uh, interesting. I don't know how it's going to affect the scores, but I suspect they wouldn't be super high-scoring games because the field is narrower and shorter. Um, and, yeah, but, but it, was, it was after the game. Well, it's, it's, as I said, a mate of mine from South in Brizzy he turned, he rang me on the day of the game, we got him tickets, and he said, oh, it'd be great, we... I live at Huntington Beach. We'll go, we'll go out and we'll have some good nights out. And you hit all, I think we're there till Sunday or something after a Thursday game or Monday and, and go surfing, whatever. And Tosser and Wayne decided that night that we we're going to go to Vegas. So we did. We went to Las Vegas and stayed there for a few nights. So um, yeah, it was my first um, chance to go to Vegas. and uh, But now I think it's going to be a little bit more professional. when... Yeah. Um when it all happens.
1: And, and Bad, just is what I also want to pick your brains on on the professional side of things. And 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 loving hearing these stories from, from eighty seven. Yeah, it will be it will be different because the NRL are trying to make a, a big push into the American market. They're trying to grab a slice of that. Peter Volandi said, even if we grab one percent of the American market, that there's three million people. If you can get three million mm-hmm. people to to sign up and stream us on our on our app from overseas, he said that there's, you know, there's an injection of, of of millions into the rugby league coffers. We know that they've just had a record year as far as revenue. We know that there's almost 60 million profit in the bank. Where would you invest that money? Where would you spend that money, Badge? Where, where, where does rugby league need to put the money?
2: Well, well, there's a difference between investing and spending, isn't there? And now finally... I'm reading about well, the last 12 months or longer that they actually are investing it properly, like they should have done years ago in in uh, in commercial real estate or you know in areas that they're going to get a good return on. what they bought the the um, uh, what's it called up in Caxton Street.
1: Yeah, Gambaro's um, Hotel. They own one. The they own Gambara. the yeah. They own, uh, they own one of the mercures on it. the Sunshine Coast and another hotel in and, Sydney and, as well. Yeah.
2: And I believe the NRL headquarters and so so that you know that's investing now spending the money. Um, of course, there's there's issues, I believe, with Country Rugby League. We keep hearing about them. They're the areas they've got to keep investing in or, or, or spending money in and, and putting money into juniors. And I just think maybe if they can keep offsetting, you know, junior players' um, fees and make it affordable for, for young families, that's all going to help. I'm, I have been... Really impressed and somewhat surprised with the growth in the women's game. I think it's fantastic, and uh, there was a lot of people five years or so ago that were very sceptical about um, why you know women, the women's game was you know being um, promoted so much and what, how important it was. But I am dead set a believer. I love the way they played the game, and I think it's so important to the future of the game. So in all of those areas, they need to keep spending money, and you probably you could see that as an investment. But I think as long as they keep, um, you know, also throwing, and I don't know how much they're going to make out of the American, uh, you know, they're going to lose money straight up because it costs a lot of money. It'd be a bit of a junket for a lot of people at headquarters and then they've got to spend a fortune on getting these teams over and staying and everything else, whether they're going to get a return straight away or not. Um, But I imagine over that five years, they will. and, And it'll be well and truly worthwhile. Bit of a pipe dream for us to think that they'll have Great junior competitions or whatever going over there. I just can't see it. It's it's not their game. And they still call it rugby. They don't know the difference. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as making money out of it, um, potentially on the gambling side of it, I think that's mm. one of the, one area that, that that they're looking at. But also, you know, the streaming, as you said, and people getting interested in it.
1: Badge so we just, can, I just think we've
2: yeah. got to cool our heels a bit, Benny, and remember that it it is. There've been a lot of people that have tried to get their make their game big in America, and I can't think of any um, that have, 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 you know, done too much, perhaps soccer, and took them a long, long time.
1: Badge, we could talk all day, and I said you were the perfect man to talk to about this. You've been and played in America. We've heard about the promotional, little promotion that was done there. Uh, The other reason I wanted to tap you on the shoulder too, you've played in the UK. You had a stint at Castleford, and and one of the things we're hearing is the NRL are exploring buying the UK Super League. I, I just think get our own priorities right in our backyard first. And then, then. yeah. Well, I think,
2: uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Benny. But I think it's so important to us that they make sure that the UK Super League survives and thrives. It's just, it just has to. If at least we've got one other strong competition. But you know, we've got all these other uh, national teams that are going well in New Zealand and and uh, Samoa and Tonga and Papua New Guinea. But their competitions aren't very strong. Uh, I think it's super important and that the NRL makes sure um, that the UK Super League is is strong and continues to be strong and perhaps they know more about the game as an international level than we do. It might not be financially as robust as we'd like to think it is. And sure, there's some rich clubs like Wigan and others but there's probably plenty of others that are struggling year to year. So maybe they need to just um, you know get involved in, at some level and whether it's buying them out totally or investing in them just to make sure that it keeps going and, and I, you know, I think that's that's really important for the future because I can't imagine a future. I don't, can't imagine how, how rugby league's ever going to be strong internationally if that competition fell over. It would, be, it would be a major concern.
1: Badge, always a pleasure to pick your brains, mate. Appreciate you coming on today. Uh, all the best and we'll be watching with interest on Sunday as well. Gary Belcher, as I said, the Reese Walsh, of the 80s. He was part of the originals heading to the US to promote rugby league over there. 1987 it was, state of origin. But what about that with Super League? maybe maybe he's got a fair point do, do we need super league to be thriving and pumping to keep the international game going which then has the flow on effects of test stars origin rep footy and, and getting kids in the next wave engaged 1313550467736736 13, he makes a good point i'm still not convinced that that's where they should be investing their money but maybe you are let me know 20 past 10
0: This is Mornings with Ben Davis right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime 0467 736 736 or call 1313 55.
1: There we go, Akadaka and Sin City. Well, that's a very good mix-up there of the Aussie invasion into Vegas. I've just reposted Jaleesa Amps' story last night from 7 News, so you can actually get to see what Daily Cherry Evans was watching and a patron, a customer at a Vegas restaurant getting whipped, getting spanked because he didn't finish his dinner. Oh, my God. What was that? Karen's Diner? Was that? That's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, here in and they yell at you for. Well, actually, they just yell at you. They're just being Karens, right? Well, yeah, this is taking it just a little bit further, by the looks of it. Uh, thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Ben Davis with you a midday today, and how good as of yesterday for footy season three days a week in 2024. Nine o'clock Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday and at nine o'clock on a Monday the Hour of Power with Corey Parker the Monday Means Test. Actually, Corey will be joining me tomorrow too from nine. He's going to run his rule over exactly what the teams need to do to win in Vegas. We're having a bit of fun. We're talking about stories that may or may not happen. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, it is the first round of the NRL, and there are two competition points on the line. We're hearing Manly are worried about the altitude in Vegas. Really? Uh, And what about the dimensions of the fields? Punch through, go around. Corey Oates mentioned when they landed that one thing that they, or he, is worried about as a catcher, a winger, is looking up at the what would normally be a sky and you've got a roof over your head and picking the ball. A ball that will have stars and stripes on it. They are using special steedens marked full of paint. It's it's going to be different when it spins through the air. I, I know this sounds really random and weird, but these are the things that will be distractions that will be different that will take some getting used to Corey parker to run his rule over that 27 minutes past 10 this tuesday morning let's go to the text line some absolute rippers coming through pat thank you for yours ben the nrl should be investing into a better second tier competition we really need to invest in our junior systems because that's the future of the nrl that's right it's the nursery queensland and new south wales rugby leagues What are Queensland and New South Wales Rugby League doing right now? Well, they are suing the ARLC. There's court action underway just to get the money owed to them under the governance, under the constitution of the commission to run their competitions. It's pretty simple stuff, isn't it? Pat, thank you. Uh, This text coming through from a new listener, which is fantastic. Uh, If you do send a text, stick your name on it so we can actually attribute it to you, which is fantastic. But what about this one? Just a suggestion. But I think it's time we drop the word rugby from the game of league. True, its roots are in rugby. Yeah, 15 men going down to 13. However, it's overly confusing, especially if you take the games to other countries. Well, don't worry about other countries. What about other states? The moment you cross the Murray and you go into Victoria, South Australia, WA, they refer to it as rugby. Oh, you're down here for the state of origin, the rugby, yeah? Uh, I'm here for the state of origin, but I'm not here for the rugby. It's a completely different game. That's just in Victoria. Don't worry about other countries. Uh, This text goes on to say, "The, the word league, however, on its own, that is what we need to support. That's what we need to push. Maybe instead of NRL, what about ANL, Australian National League, phased in slowly over a couple of years to develop its own signature. We have Australian rules, so why not Australian League? Interesting take. Interesting take indeed. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, I'll take you across the ditch very shortly. The land of the long white cloud. It is the windy city in Wellington. That's where a Test match against Australia and New Zealand, the neighbourhood feud. Eight years it's been since that sparked up. It's happening Thursday. You can hear every ball here on SCNQ. That's right, nine o'clock Thursday. Adam Collins, Jerry Waitley, and the crew will be calling all the action. Adam Collins, who's been at Australian training. We'll catch up with him in the next 10 minutes, but right now it's time to cue Bon Jovi. to Vanessa. Thank you. Our American quiz, sorry, Australians in America quiz coming up at 11 o'clock. Another answer that you will need. Let me look through here. Uh, uh, Luke Longley. Actually, that was probably one of the easy ones. Why did I give you that? Oh, there you go. You've got it. You've got it anyway. There we go. Luke Longley is an answer you will need. You know how it works. Last man standing. You'll get dinner or drinks on us. Maybe lunch, whatever you choose at the Waterloo Bay Hotel. Uh, you just have to be the or answer, the 10th question. And, and and you know, there is strategy to this. Yeah, I tell you every week, people hang back and they wait and they go, well, I'm going to come in at question eight and try my chance at, well, you know what? If you're one of the first callers through, you do get a second chance. So if you dip out, ring back in, bang, and you are away. Speaking of ringing in, Kurt, good morning to you, mate. What do you do for a crust and who do you barrack for? Good morning. Oh,
3: mate, I work for the government, help out uh, people in need, um... And I barrack for the
1: Broncos. Good man, good <laughs> man. All right, but you've been to Vegas.
3: Well, I did. I was back in 2018, and um, I was listening to a lady talk about that particular restaurant where you get spanked with a paddle. Uh, that place is actually called the Heart Attack Grill.
1: <laughs> oh, really? So you, you've been there? You've eaten there?
3: Yeah, I've eaten there. Yeah, yeah. and they basically, when you go in, you you put uh, you put on a, a hospital gown. And uh, you can get weighed outside, and basically they, they promote um, very unhealthy eating and copious amounts of it. And if you don't finish your meal, uh, they, you basically have to stand with your, your legs apart and your hands against the uh, the glass so all the people can look in. And, um, yes, a lady comes around and does her thing on uh, your backside.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and this is like in a main strip. It's not like some seedy underworld sort of back, you know, no, back lane is- thing. This is, a, this is a thing that people sign up for uh, and, and go to. Is-
3: no, it's just this is like a restaurant. You walk yeah. in uh, in old Vegas, in old Vegas, in the old part. Um, but it's like your, any other sort of restaurant. But uh, yeah, basically, you're um, you're told you, you need to eat everything that's on your plate, and if you don't, you get punished for it. So,
1: do you remember and what was uh, on your plate? What they, did you order, Kurt?
3: Mate, I, I ordered a, just a double cheeseburger with chips, and uh, just got through that. And people were ordering quadruple. Beef burgers and that, and they were they were struggling, so it was quite funny to watch. Out but um, they've got signs all in class all around the uh, the uh, the shopping uh, the uh, restaurant saying, uh, you know, instead of uh, gone with the wind, like a, a movie title, it was gone with your waistline and things like that. So it was a real <laughs> real jive at uh, people's weight. Uh, <laughs> Sounds it's, like, um, sounds, like fit, sounds like I'd
1: fit right, <laughs> sounds like i fit right sounds like i fit right in, Kurt. Good stuff. The heart attack grill in Vegas. If you've been there. Hey, Kurt. Thanks for being part of the show, mate. Outstanding. I got a pass to you to head to the track national championships uh, in March. It's the, An- the Anamir's Velodrome. Outstanding stuff. You'll see some of the world's best cyclists there. Uh, all right. Uh, look at the time. Adam Collins standing by in the Wellington. We'll take you to where Australia's training next.
0: This is Mornings with Ben Davis right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime 0467 736 736 or call 13, 13 55. <laughs>
1: big international flavour today in the show from Vegas to across the ditch in New Zealand as well and to Cougar Eye Oval, which is getting a lot of love in our best suburban grounds. The top five today, suburban grounds, grounds which you love to watch sport at, that imagine bringing a big game of whatever sport it may be, cricket, NRL, rugby union, AFL, where would you like to see exposed and have one of those, well, Suburban, feel good, just old school type games. We see Leichhardt Oval get wheeled out every year. We see Belmore as well in the NRL. But Cougar Eye is topping the list at the moment. This one, the best suburban ground, the chook pen at Cougar Eye Oval on a Sunday afternoon. That is real rugby league. Yeah, the texts keep coming in through if you stick your name Rug on it. Rugby league. Yeah, correct. You put your, thank you, Peter, put your name on it as well, just so we can give you a shout-out. Outstanding. And g'day to all the new listeners too. Uh, this one from Tony in Bundaberg. Tony, great to have you part of the show. Uh, Adam, I'll get to you in just a moment. Adam Collins, that is, standing by in New Zealand. Uh, morning, Ben. Salisbury Oval. In Adelaide, Salisbury Oval in Adelaide. It's for AFL or cricket. Perfect amphitheater. A mound goes halfway around the oval. I like this. A perfect place to park the car and watch. I know you're talking. And it was the ground where Buff Lehman and Stewie Jew learnt their trades. Tony, wealth of knowledge. Salisbury Oval, Adelaide. I'm putting it on the list. Will it make the top five? We'll find out before midday today. Uh, We know that on Thursday, Australia and New Zealand are going to get it on in cricket. It's been a while since we've had a test match in that part of the world between the two countries. Eight years, in fact. But speaking of fantastic grounds, the Basin Reserve in Wellington is an absolute ripper. And it's where we find Adam Collins, part of SEN's commentary team. Colo, good morning.
4: It is in the perfect day. I'm looking out from our commentary position, which the beautiful old Vance stand, it's got these unusual roofs where there's multiple different, uh, I suppose, peaks to it. And we look out through one of them from our box for SEN Test Cricket. This week I'm watching the Australian team field in front of me and going through their paces, their main long training session. And you're right, it feels just like urban ground or a county ground in some respects. There's a museum here, there's a secondhand bookshop, which I can't wait to tear into later. There's a war memorial on the, uh, on the eastern side of the ground there, a nice little gazebo. Uh, and, um, yeah, this is a, a very special place, and there's a reason why people often identify it as one of the, the best test venues, proper test cricket grounds in the world.
1: I love the fact that when you get a wide shot of the ground or even from a particular angle, depending on what end the bowl is at, the, the picket fence and the cars just driving past on the... I mean, you're not far from the city centre there either, are you? It's it's
4: amazing. That's right, well, there's a thing called the basin run. A friend of mine, Glenn, was telling me about this, where you, you stop at the – I can see where you would do it. It is a roundabout. It's not a roundabout. Huge roundabout. Yeah. Um, you stop at the lights. You jump out of the car. You sprint around the ground while the car goes round and roundabout. You jump in the car at the next traffic light. So um, that is the thing that people do uh, here, the basin run. So they don't run straight through the middle of the ground. I must, I must say that when I was here in 2016, the last time Australia played test cricket in New Zealand at Christchurch, Um, The day Brendan McCullum made his ridiculous 54-ball 100 or whatever it was, there was a streaker who who did take (laughs) on the security staff, but he made it from one end of the ground to the other. Uh, He beat the cops, jumped back over the fence. And I remember Jeremy Coney, who's part of our commentary team this week, I was working with him that week as well, commentating the whole thing and doing a splendid job. So, um, yeah, cricket has a... A slightly more laid-back feel in this <laughs> part of the world. It's the most gentle and beautiful tour you can go on.
1: Outstanding stuff. SEN's coverage, 9am Thursday here on SENQ. Uh, Colo who I'm speaking to, Jared uh, is going to be part of it. Obviously, Smithy, Daniel McCarty as well, 6.93am or listen on the app. It's always crystal clear there. Um, uh, eight years, Colo, I mean, that, that's a thing. Remind me, conditions in New Zealand, it's kind of English-like, isn't it? Suits swing bowling?
4: Yep, 18 degrees today, <laughs> um, and they're expecting it to be, broadly speaking, like this for the first three days. So it's gentle, mild, beautiful, mm. um, perfect conditions for cricket. Windy city, so that'll be a factor. Oh, that's right, yeah. What um, tends to be a factor in cricket here in terms of which end you bowl out and that kind of thing. Um, the pitch is green at the moment, but it always is over here. It's quite deceptive. You'll hear a lot of talk on social media about, people, oh, here it is. Can't work out which pitch it is in the square. It all looks green. <laughs> um, ign- ignore a lot of that. You can You can put a lot of that to one side. Um, the the perception of Test cricket over here is that it's played on this raging green seamers and wickets tumble. Um, it doesn't really play out that way in practice. It is deceptive. The, the the grass on the pitch whilst live, it tends to, after the first hour or so, settle down into quite a nice wicket to bat on at the base and same at Christchurch where we are next week. So um, it'll look green, no doubt. It looks very green at the pitch I'm looking at at the moment, but it'll play more like a... Uh, well mentioned england before more like a mm. county pitch where it can appear quite green but can play quite low but it also um there is going to be something there in the first hour for the bowler so there's always the incentive to look at bowler first here if conditions suit and it should
1: Colo, let's drill down on the queenslanders uh, and you mentioned county cricket a bloke who took county cricket by storm last season last summer in the uk michael nisa and he's on this tour mm. he's on this trip is he a is he a fair income option? Do you think he might play, if not first test Well, second? There's only two tests. I'll but... oh.
4: <laughs> well, be still my beating heart. That's all I can really say. If Michael Nisa was kicked, I might run out there, you know, um, <laughs> in celebration. Yes. Um, I, I, I've never, I'll I, be right you know, behind I, I've you. Been watching, I've been watching Michael Nisa bowl in the nets and knock over Australian batters for fun for the last five years since he started making test squads in 2018. Uh, and he's only got two opportunities. Both came in Adelaide in day-night test matches. Mm. The challenge for him, like there is for a whole generation of Australian fast bowlers and seamers, is that they've been in the pecking order behind Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, three all-timers for Australia. So it's not just NISA. There's a whole group of them who've not played anywhere near as much international cricket than otherwise would have been the case, especially test cricket. because the big three have always prioritised wearing the baggy green, which is a great thing. It's a great thing that I'm watching Mitchell Stark bowl the ball uh, right now, actually, on the uh, on the pitch alongside the main surface here. And, um, you know, he's always declined um, the riches of the IPL until this season, uh, well, since 2015, so nine years out of the IPL in mm-hmm. order to prioritise playing as cricket for Australia. So credit to them for that. But it has made life tougher for Nisa, who finds himself on the next row, if you like, along with Scott Boland, who's the other seamer on this trip. So I don't expect either of them will play. Um, I think they'll both be, once again, wearing the, the high-vis vest and mixing the cordial. But in the event there was an injury uh, or anything remotely like that Um, pretty good option uh, to turn to someone like Nisa who looks born to bowling conditions like this and the reference to England spot on the way he's got that that Duke's ball to hoop uh, and to work off the scene when playing for the Morgan well it speaks for itself really he's been phenomenal in those conditions it's a shame he's never played a test match in England he's been on two tours and and uh, looked like he would have been a, a good shot on either of them. But, uh, again, it comes back to that pecking order where he sits at the moment, where he's can, continue to sit across his five or six years as an Australian cricketer.
1: Yeah, horses for courses. You put him in every day of the week and twice on Sunday in New Zealand or in England as well. Uh, mixes yeah. a bloody good cordial, I've got to say. Um, the other one, and this is the big thing too, Colin, this is our last test series until we hit the next Australian summer. There's There's nothing... For red ball cricket, as far as the Aussies are concerned, no England winters or or other tours. So after these two tests, it's straight into India here in Australia. So important hit outs, I think, for Manus, the Queenslander, and Steve Smith. He's his best mate at the top of the order. Let us drill down on on Manus. A a, a quiet summer, a, a summer below par, as far as his high lofty standards are concerned.
4: Yeah, look, he he he's returns over the last two and a bit years have dropped off, uh, notably. Um, he's probably just reverted to the mean where most batters end up compared to uh, where he was before, which he went on an extraordinary run for about three years there when he was making so many test entries and went to number one in the mm-hmm. ICC batter rankings. I think from memory it was before the Melbourne Test of 2021 against England, and um, now he's sort of more in the... He's still in the top ten. I think he's number eight or something like that. But, yeah, his returns have dropped off. There was a brilliant 100 at Old Trafford last year, which... Um, you know, whisper it, save the ashes for Australia. Had Australia been rolled on that Saturday afternoon um, when England got one crack at them, one session in and around the rain, um, they, they would have lost that test match and it would have meant that England's, I mean, it's easy to say this in hindsight, but they they could easily have won the series 3 2. So he did play his role over there in England. But as you play oh, that, hang those on a man, test
1: and rob us of a moral victory? Come on. Oh.
4: Uh well yeah yeah I, I i do feel some guilt i do i must admit i do feel some guilt for helping bring moral victory into the vernacular it was always going to be taken to with gusto by, by people on the other side of the world in australia and by word has it been um all the troll accounts and all the different clickbait accounts that exist out there who seem to use it in every other post uh but no the the the, the, the point you make about india is spot on right so they, they are trying to bed down a, a new top six at the moment and it's um, it's going to be conditions which are sporting, at least initially, like I mentioned before, least throughout the test, but against high-quality seam In Tim Southey and Neil Wagner, two veterans, yeah. Willow Rourke, who had a brilliant debut against South Africa a couple of weeks ago, taking 9-for-93 nine match figures. So um, when it comes to Stephen Smith opening, Marnus, who hasn't had a huge summer, um, Cameron Green, has been back in the side batting at number four. That's the long-term position they want him in. Uh, that there, there are, I wouldn't say there are question marks. That, that'd be overplaying it, but it's more like um, there is curiosity as to how the reconfigured batting lineup bed in ahead of a high-profile home summer. But of course, you know, once step at the time. there's a long way to go between now and then. Cricket can move pretty fast. We spoke to Usman Khawaja this morning, and he made that point as well. He tries not to get too far ahead of himself. Every player in this Aussie side is um, 30 or above, apart from Labuschagne, who's nearly 30. So they're they're not sort of thinking in, in long-term cycles at the moment. Aside. They're thinking more about year-to-year year or, or indeed series-to-series, series, which is perfectly healthy. Um, a, a number of these players will go to England and play county cricket, so they'll still be playing red ball cricket throughout the course of the winter. Those won't be playing test matches. So a contrast to last year where they went from the home summer to a long tour of India, to the World Test Championship mm-hmm. final, to five Ashes test matches and back into a home summer. and They'll completely knackered by the end of that. Um, this time around, they can give it their all over the next fortnight, knowing they won't have to fetch the baggy green for about seven months, seven or eight months.
1: Yeah, they'll be fresh when they come to our summer. Uh, Mate, we cannot wait for your fresh, sprightly call come Thursday morning. The neighbourhood feud ignites again. It's been a long time between drinks across the Tasman. Uh, Eight years uh, since we last played a Test match. Uh, in that part of the world. Um, Colo, thank you. Enjoy the rest of uh, the the Basin run. I, I, I Actually, I want to hear you on the commentary come Thursday saying that you've completed the Basin run.
4: Oh, that, that's the sort of thing we've got our uh, head of cricket, Mitch Scott, out here with us this week, and he's quite creative when it comes to depositing us into scoreboards to commentate, you know, all these yeah. types of things that make the coverage <laughs> have extra texture. Um, let, let's not tell him that i told you that he'll have me running around the roundabout um, with a microphone in my hand so um, let's see how we go but yeah can't wait they're beautiful grounds to call at um, and it's going to be yeah it's been eight years waiting for this so we're going to make the most of it
1: Outstanding mate thank you appreciate it good luck good hunting Cheers Just another reason to be listening to SENQ keep it locked here cannot wait for that it's 10 of 53 This is Mornings
0: with Ben Davis right across the SEN Network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime. 0467-736-736 or call 1313-55.
3: I started singing by by Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee,
1: but the levy was. Dry. Aussies in America, that is the theme of Queensland's biggest sports quiz. Right now, the number you need: 13 13 55. Callers coming through the first five, get a second bite of the cherry, but you need the get-in question. Pretty simple stuff. We've already spoken about it at length. Gary Belcher was part of it. If you've been listening to the show, what year was State of Origin played in California? What year? Hmm. That's your get-in question. Aussies in America, the theme of our quiz, coming straight up after the news 13 13 55 first five callers through get a second bite of the cherry dinner or drinks on us lunch if you choose at the waterloo bay hotel